Father, we thank you. Thank you once again for this um, school of prayer meeting. We thank you. Our eyes are on you, Lord Jesus. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. We can't just take our eyes off you. It's too dangerous to do that now. Our eyes are on you. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Today, we're going to take our declaration, the one for prayer. The way we normally do it is, um, if you are doing it alone, I enter into the presence of the Father as the renewed child of God. I have not come in the power of the good works which I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have in Christ Jesus. I thank the Lord for saving me. I thank the Lord for washing me clean. I have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And I have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of his firstborn, whose names are written in heaven and all of that. Okay? But now when we take it together, we modify it into we. So that's why you see the first line goes like this. We enter into the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God or as renewed children of God. All right? All right, are we ready? Now, this is going to be our declaration as we start today. Today, we already believe that God will give us the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. He will help us to understand his word as we go into study in the name of Jesus Christ. And as that word is coming forth, it will change us. It will heal us in every area. And most importantly, he will make us more than ever before like the Lord Jesus. We believe that in the name of Jesus. But I want to start to pray. This is our usual declaration, all right, at the beginning of prayer. So let's take it together. It's our declaration of the righteousness of God, which we have. One, two, let's go. We're in time to the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We thank the Lord for saving us. We thank the Lord for washing us clean. We have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We declare in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now let me just for emphasis repeat a line or two. It says, we have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what we call the righteousness of God. That's the righteousness we have. Is our basis of approach to God anytime we want to pray. Right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. It's our school of prayer. And this time around, we are dealing with prayer basics. The basics thereof. We want to get, you know, of, like I said last time, periodically we'll go over these things again and again so that we can get it right, so that we'll have understanding, and so that these things don't slip away from us. Peter said, I know you know these things, but I will not neglect to continually remind you of them. And one reason why we need to keep on reminding ourselves of truths that we know is because sometimes these truths are deliberately eroded, all right, by people who teach us or in the environment, we hear the opposite. So occasionally you have to reinforce some of these things. Now, sometimes when I'm writing and I'm teaching, I go out of my way to see some things that are wrong, that is to point them out, not as if I'm trying to make popular a wrong doctrine. Because sometimes people come, I've seen people try to come and 
share something they just learned with me. And I'm looking at the fellow. I know sometimes I almost sound arrogant, but I'm like, excuse me, bros, bros. I had a discussion 22 years ago. Now you are just hearing it. It's impressing you. You don't know I heard it before you. If I heard it while you were still in primary school. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes you just drop some of those things so that people will know that you know them too. But you are saying that you have considered them and you consider them inaccurate. In, you know, that not being correct, all right, as the word of God. So that's why I do this once in a while. Because sometimes, you see, in fact, oftentimes you hear things outside. And for people who are not well, well grounded, they will be swept away like, wow, revelation. I say, come, 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 sit down. As deep as it sounds, it's shallow. If you understand Christ well, this is not the level of Christ. The thing about Christ is that sometimes Christ is too simple. Do you get my point? There's a simplicity in Christ that people, if you present that to so somebody, and he has only learned the simplicity of Christ, somebody will now come with a deep doctrine. He gets swept away. Nothing that all this depth is shallower than Christ. Just that Christ was presented to you simply. For example, you tell somebody that your sins have been washed away, and the person says, Amen. And he's having problems. She's having problems. And someone now begins to decipher. Your great-grandfather was an Ogbanje priest. And so, and then these are spirit husbands and spirit wives. And they start telling you stories. There was one girl when I went to worry. And there was one, you guys, you start getting, you know, you like, this guy knows something, man. They about the Nkubu spirit and the Sukubu spirit. And how they congregate at 2 a.m. Then you look at people like us, say, ah, this guy does not know the depth of the things of the spirit. Because the only thing I ever tell you is that in Christ Jesus, you have overcome. You've never heard me dis- you know, describe some strange spirits. So you think I'm not aware. I'm aware. Look, if you know the books I've read, deliver from the power of darkness. From witchcraft to, witchcraft to Christ. I've seen people, you know, all the, let me not mention it, there's one particular woman that used to do this demonic series. Everybody was following her at a particular point in time. And I'm looking like, excuse me, ma. No, those who are following her, I don't know her person, I'm not a Nigerian. But I'm looking at them like, the fundamental things we learned showed to us that these things cannot be correct. I don't care the experience. Like Ken Hagen will say, he said, you see people fall under, he said, I have seen it. He said, I have seen them almost crawl up the wall when you are doing deliverance. He said, he used to do deliverance meetings. Then when he was tired of deliverance meetings, he went to loosening meetings. Then from loosening meetings, they went to setting free meetings. Then from setting free meetings, they went to getting free meetings. Something just to use to deliver people. He said, if, you see, if it's manifestation, he said, me too, I have seen it. People just be rolling up and down. See, people roll up and down does not, doesn't impress me. Go and check those rolling people. Nine out of ten are women. That tells you there's a huge emotional aspect to it. That's how life is. Before a man rolls for you, you must be demon possessed. Men ain't rolling for you, man. They must be really demon possessed. Roll, go away. So everybody's rolling. My turn to roll. Hagen told us, he said, look, I saw everything. He said, there's one thing he just noticed. That the lives of the people did not change. He said, those days, you know, they lived in rural areas. So, he knew most of his congregation down to their homes. After the deliverance and everything, nothing changed. Ah, being a diligent young minister, he went to go and pray. He said, Lord, something's wrong. He took time out to fast and pray. Lord, something is wrong. I've been delivering these people, they're not delivered. Say so one day the Holy Spirit spoke to him clearly. 
that you are trying to do by this your deliverance meetings. Something that only the entrance of the word can accomplish. He came to church, he banned deliverance meetings. This year, nobody's delivering anybody again. He now began to systematically teach people. And he began to see their lives change. After that, so when he sees people come 20 years later, they are <laughs> just looking at it and say, bro, 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 I did this thing before you. It doesn't work. Set two Christians down. Instruct them line by line with the word of God. Their lives will be transformed. Their lives will be transformed. As a matter of fact, their lives will be transformed. So that's why we have to do this again, so that people don't get carried away. When they come and say, ah, Pastor, you said me, they see small, small vision now. For who? What do I want to see? Somebody forwarded a video to me today about someone who saw vision about Nigeria. Don't worry, I know you have seen different ones. You don't know this one I saw. When I finished, I finished watching it. As man was preaching, he said, Are you enjoying the movie in my mind? It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. I'm happy you said it yourself. He got to, the preacher preaching. He got to me and said, Are you enjoying the movie? I said, Oh, God, it's a movie. Now, cinema, you the act. Leave this thing. Don't come and. I'm very with you. I'm very difficult to move. This guy, where is he? When my wife was met in that, I used to wonder that. If I wanted, she told me, say, You are the strangest Christian I've ever met. Say, so you still love this Christian. You still marry him. She said, I was very strange. When everybody's getting carried away, I'll just be looking like this. I remember the time some women said that they went to hell for her. I said, it's a lie. <laughs> I said it boldly. I said, they are lying. The vid- remember, the videos were everywhere. There are two of them. The videos were everywhere. They were selling CDs. Just said, these are VCDs. People were- one day I entered the office. I had given one woman in my office to help me do some work. So I gave her a laptop to use, all right, so that she'll be able to work for me, help me type some things. So I entered the office one day, and I saw everybody gathered around my laptop. So I said, what is that? Then I heard the voice. I said, put that in off. I said, you can't play, play this rubbish on my laptop. I made them stop the video. Come on, remove it. I want to go and play this rubbish. Go, go to your house, put it on your VCD player, not on my laptop. Said they went to hell. They saw people with attachment in their hair. My children went to one school, were going to school that time, so my girl did her head, you know, and they, they put wool. The school made her remove it. Ah. So my wife, my wife, they take things like that, like that. Now I go meet the principal. I say, wait. He said, no, no, they school, they don't let wool. He said, why can't they put wool? But they put thread now. He said, wool and thread, they are different. I told my wife, hey, hey, wait, no, they, please, sweetheart, don't need to argue with them. This, the wool has demons. The thread doesn't have. Leave it. You should know now. These people have seen visions. This man used to preach for them. <laughs> you didn't tell them that one. Ah, come on. People were all look, ah, my wife has one friend like that. She's not in Nigeria anymore. My wife saw her one day. Ah, yaring don't disappear. No, they call yaring. Okay. <laughs> Earrings gone. No makeup. Why look at her like, okay, what's going on? Is it because of this? Uh, <laughs> you must say, no, 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 you know, you know, just in case, just to be sure. Ah! <laughs> Done without faith. It is sin. Yes. You are now closer to that hellfire. Yes. 
Everybody was, you know, it used to amaze me that. How could you people believe this nonsense? So anybody that uses LSD now, we see vision for you. You know what they call LSD? Okay. Oh. Those who know LSD, know LSD. LSD is one chemical. You only serve it very tiny. It's so that a dot, that's how they serve it. All right? You put it in your mouth. You swallow it. You start seeing visions. No, no, literal visions. And one of the major things that you believe you can fly. So you can come out from here and I just... <laughs> We'll pick your pieces downstairs. They still use some forms of them till now. Some of these um, Eastern religions, with those who do, I stumbled in some of their videos. People still use some of them. They go for meditation. They use different types. They use it to loosen their soul. After you take taking a lazy, you will see things. Just wake up in the morning. Spirits will come to your house. Whether they are real spirits or fake spirits, some people, when they take it, the effect never wears off. They are permanently psychotic. Yeah. That's why it's banned. Because they are very dangerous drugs. Many people, they take LSD. They see visions. Then they come to Poopy and share testimony. Some say they went to Hellfire and they saw Michael Jackson. Poor Michael Jackson. What was it today? He was doing breakdance. Nobody does breakdance in Hellfire. Trust me. All your skills will vanish. And people were carried away. In fact, the one that just annoyed me. They said they saw women there. I said, huh? No men. No, no, no. Why? Because women that use makeup and they do colorful hair. So I said, who shoots people most? Who shoots people most? It's not men. Who stacks thousands of naira in the house to buy election? How many women have you seen buying election? Have you seen any woman dragging federal government to Supreme Court? For every hundred armed robbers you see, there's a man. You will see one woman. And it's really a girlfriend to an armed robber. Say. Not even a serious robber. Are you not telling me you went to hell? It's only women you saw. Let's be honest. You were drunk. You used LSD. Don't worry. God delivered me very early in life. Those things have never moved me. They have never. I'm being honest with you. They have never moved me. They have never. And the reason is simple. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I was taught very early. I was taught very, very, very early. First two, three years of university, we had learned all the fundamentals. So when you come with strange doctrines, we're looking at you like, where is Jesus in everything you have said? If you don't show us Jesus in it, we don't believe you. Now, don't be angry with me. First time they said, if you don't pay tight, God can't bless you. I'm like, how does Jesus work on percentage? I'm just wondering, that was just my query. Like, how does Jesus work on percentage? That was my confusion. I couldn't merge it with grace. So before God blesses me, he brings his calculator. Bank, how much did I give you last week? Two five, sir. Where's my 250? <laughs> and I'm like, which God are you talking about? I didn't have any scripture to say no. He just did not tie. He just didn't tie. So before God can bless me, you bring out the calculator. The woman now came and says, the whole tithe. I said, eh? That was years later. You know what the whole tithe means? Apart from my cash income, gifts, lifts, like just now, just before meeting started, I think Akelu was pitying me. Maybe he thought I was hungry. He didn't know I wasn't hungry. I have food to eat. You know nothing about. He went to go and buy gala. He came and said, I take gala. I'm like, what is this about? <laughs> So I'm supposed to tighten on that. I calculate it because how much did you buy? 
I will calculate it and put it down. You see, that's the whole tithe. Do you, if some people say that, listen, you cannot pay God after you have paid government. So you are supposed to tithe on your gross income before tax. Ah, look at this guy. Didn't you hear the doctrine? So you bring out your pay slip. All the one in the good state collected, you first add it back. You tithe on it. That before you ask, okay, no good state government, this is your personal income tax. They say, eh? The thing became burdensome. One brother, he loves me till tomorrow. The major reason he loves me so much, he said, I delivered him. But if, if he's going to school those days, you give him a lift, he checks how much your boss have collected. Jokes apart, you write it down. Here to school, I'll be 100 naira. This brother gave me a lift. I'm only got 10, 10 bucks. The moment I heard that thing years ago, more than 30 years ago, I said, this doesn't make sense. It, just, it didn't fit with grace. It took me study for over the next three years before I came to a firm conclusion. And then I kept on studying for years after until I finally became bold enough to teach people from scripture that this cannot be correct. So fundamental understanding, foundational understanding it gives you stability. That's why I'm going to explain all of these things. So that's why we're back to the beginning again to explain prayer basics. That's what we're trying to do. What exactly is prayer? People have come with all kinds of stories. Let's get the fundamentals right. The goal of our instruction is not, there are not too many things. Love from a pure heart. What else? A good conscience and sincere faith. Love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. That is all. That is all. So let's focus on that again. We are looking at prayer basics. Last time I explained that Jesus said we are supposed to pray at all times and not get tired of praying. We are supposed to pray at all times and not get tired of praying. I made a few statements. I said, the moment you think you don't need prayer anymore, you have begun to fail. You may not know it, but it has started. You, dying, you shall die. God said to Adam, dying, you have begun to die the moment you think you don't need prayer anymore. Prayer comes in different forms. And we'll look at the forms as we go on. We'll explain that. I also explained that there are many things that look like prayer, which are good, but are not prayer. For example, studying your Bible is not prayer. To emphasize the fact that these are good things. I'm not saying they are bad. But we just need to narrow the definition properly so that when we are operating according to the instructions of Christ Jesus, we will know. So when he says men ought always to pray, he was not saying men ought always to study. It's a different thing. When he said men ought always to pray, he wasn't saying men ought always to confess the word. As good as studying the scriptures might be, and as important as confession of the word of God is, that was not what he was saying. So I call those things prayer-like activities. They are good activities. They are important activities. But they cannot replace prayer. In fact, they are the foundation for prayer. Like studying of the scriptures is what helps you. you Because when you are going to God, you bring sacrifices. There are things you take to God when you are coming. And one of the most important things you take to him is what the Bible calls words. 
You take with you words. Solomon called them acceptable words. It's not anything you say in the presence of God. You have to learn the things you say that are proper, that are right. Your prayer will be more effective if you understood those things. Do you get my point? So that's why you have to study. Okay? Jesus said something. He said, you said the scriptures because you think in them you will have eternal life. Now, the way he said it, it's obvious they were mistaken. Now, does it mean you don't say the scriptures? I hope you're getting my point. Well, he said, but you wouldn't come to me. He said, the scriptures, what do they do? They testify of me. So, the scriptures give you a testimony of Jesus, but they are not alive to you until you meet the Jesus himself. I hope you're getting my point. So, you can't study the scriptures and not know Christ Jesus. In the same manner, you can't take the promises of God and not bring them to him in prayer. When God makes promises, what it means is that these are the things that he wants to do. I referred to it last time. He said, this also, I will let the sons of Israel ask me to do for them. We read that from, um, I think, um, okay, we didn't read it. I just quoted it from Ezekiel chapter 36. Now, if you see, for many chapters before then, he was describing the things he would do. He now said, this also, I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. What does that tell you? Everything has been describing. They were supposed to ask him to do for them. So that's why when Daniel read in the books the number of years whereby the word of the Lord came to um, Jeremiah the prophet that he will accomplish the desolation of Jerusalem. What did he do? He took those words and went to prayer. He didn't just say, hey, hey, it's going to be fulfilled now. No. He said, this is what God wants us to ask him to do for us. To deliver us at the end of 70 years. You must understand, God gives prayer points. Yeah. Let, 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 let me explain that again. It's part of reviewing what I said before. God gives prayer points. And one of the reasons why you study scripture is to know the kind of things that you should ask him for. It is not, you know, people don't know. Solomon said, guard your steps when you approach this temple. When you approach the presence of God. He said, draw near to listen. Because if you don't confess with listening, that's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, you will end up offering the sacrifices of fools. Ignorant people. Just saying things that have no meaning. I've been to prayer meetings before. And people are raising prayer points. And I wonder, do you think God will listen to this? Have you ever been to meetings? <laughs> prayer meetings. And you can see that people are angry. Region, regional anger. Tribal anger. Father God, power will rotate. Where did he say so? Where did he say it in your Bible? That God will rotate power from the north to the south? Equity. Justice. And they will define what they call justice for God. And people will be praying. There's one pastor I know, I won't mention his name, even though all of you here know him. When I hear him lead prayer in his church, massive church, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for the congregation praying with him. You can see angry people and the wrath of man is not working out the righteousness of God at all. Elijah said they will not say, where is God my maker? They are angry. The anger is boiling over. And I'm looking and saying, sir, this is not what God is saying. Johnny prayer meetings a lot of times for me eh, is hard. Oh my God, it's hard. 
They raise a prayer point, looking at the very like, I'm supposed to pray about that. Tell the devil that what God wants to do for you, he will not take it. Like, what? Have that conversation with Satan? Me? Do we look like we have just like me and Satan? Satan, Satan, let me just tell you what God's going to do in my life. <laughs> and you say, well, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hey, yeah, blah, blah. Hey, yeah, blah, blah. Hey, oh, oh. He'll be vibrating. And I'm looking at him like, are you guys serious? I'm looking at him. Are you guys serious? He said, ah. You know, the, the pastor is sweating. Everybody is sweating. Next prayer point. Ha. Tell the devil it is over. I'm like, which kind of conversation with the devil am I going to have today? Tell the devil no more. Satan, no more. Ha. Do you know I worship Satan like that? There are prayers I don't know how to pray. I remember being jealous. I was just looking like this. One day I went to one church. One woman stopped me at the end. Say, which one do I go to normally? So I look at her like, excuse me, like, we all came for something here. I, <laughs> I mean, what have I got to do with thee? <laughs> that kind of attitude. So she's asking because she knows that when they are praying, I don't move. I feel like, I say, I feel like madam, you think that's a prayer point? Say, today, say anything that the devil, I said, the devil can't snatch Jack. I still remember that prayer point that day. And I look at the woman and say, come on, come on, you guys should forget this thing. What I would rather pray for, God give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. As I have come today, Lord, open my heart. Open my heart. Open my heart. Speak to me. Does that require shouting at him? If my son comes to my door, Daddy! <laughs> I'm going to bring the fire extinguisher because <laughs> something must be wrong. So as we were gyrating, as we remember that we were gyrating, gyrating, like guys, we don't need to gyrate over this. I know this woman was looking at me like this Satan incarnate that came to church today, maybe he's the one that's actually being used. <laughs> See, it's not every prayer point. Oh God. You have to learn. That's how you study scripture. So you know the words. God gives prayer points. One of the things I started doing some time ago. I've not done too much of it, but I have quite a number. Is that I underline in my Bible. Smart Bibles are good, though. Those of you who believe that God said we should use paper Bible, I don't believe you are serious Bible students. Now, that's my opinion. You may be in another party, I'm in another party. That's not, so you are allowed to have it. But this is in, our, in my party. That's what we think. We think if you will not agree to use a smart Bible, you are not a very serious Bible student. Now, if you don't have, it's a different matter. But if you now want to say, no! This is the one God said we should carry. I just tell myself, you don't read it. Because if you were reading it, you wouldn't be making that kind of nonsense noise. Because this small thing where I get for here, he has like 100 of this inside. Do you want me to be carrying 100 of this on my head? About? And I do use it. Every time my notes I've made over the last many years, I've not lost one. I use a Bible app that backs up for me to their server. So even when I change my device, even if I travel without my device, I know my login details. I go to their website. Bam. I can download the app to another computer. Just put my email address. Bam. I click enter. It downloads all my notes. All my notes are downloaded for me. All my underlining. Everything. 
I've lost nothing over the last 10 years. So if you still you think, <laughs> if you still don't want to be like me, I don't know that you're studying the scriptures well. I can easily switch translate. That's, I, I believe in smart Bibles. Anyway, what I'm talking about is that one of the things I do is underline God-given prayer points. It's one of the things you must learn. And if you want to pray effectively, study your scriptures to know the prayer points that God gave. And that's how you know his will. When he says, John was saying to us in that first John chapter 5, that if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he hears us. His will doesn't mean, let's go and check it out. God wants this person to be healed or not. That's not what it means. Read scriptures. Find out. Did he say we should ask for this? Did he give us examples? Like sickness as an example. He's giving that one to us. And the Lord that he led thee. It's clear. So anytime we find sickness, we boldly ask for healing. We claim it by faith. Once we have asked him for it, we believe he has heard us because he promised. And if he's not manifesting, we start asking ourselves, what is the hindrance of the manifestation? We don't need to persuade him. Because he always wanted to do it. The last time I ended, maybe I should just quickly correct it again. I said, the will of God, the prayer, we're not trying to persuade God to do what he doesn't want to do. Prayer is that he wants to do something, but he requires us to ask as a way of authorizing him to step into our space. So this is the trick, in quotes, behind prayer. Recognizing what he wants to do, desiring the same thing, and asking him to do them. Did you hear what I said? This is the trick. One, knowing what he wants to do. Two, desiring what he wants to do. And three, asking him to do them. He's eager. What a lot of us do is that we want to persuade him to do what he doesn't want to do. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we do. But we will never be blessed by it. Never. If God gives you manna for the season to eat, Eat the manna with joy. If you harass him and say, this is not what my mates are eating. Where I'm coming from, I know what we used to eat. We used to eat meat, barbecued chicken, garlic, cucumbers. Now, that's what they complain about in the wilderness. Because I eat this manna is good for you. What is it? Do you know my taste buds more than me? For information, this manna is boring. It's boring. Same thing in the morning. Same thing in the evening. Our souls loathe this miserable food. You know the meaning of manna? What do you this? Yeah, that's the meaning of manna. Manna, manna. It means, wait. Many manna. That's the meaning of manna. No, I'm not, that's not supposed to be a joke. Manna means, what is this? That's how they responded when they saw it. Don't think God said, I want to send you manna. God said, I want to send you food. They are the ones that called it manna. You know, now we have turned it to, we are having our manna convention. Everything. We write books, daily manner. You know what it means? Daily, what is this? <laughs> We're having our national, what is this convention? <laughs> it was the way the Israelites reacted when they saw it. Say, oh boy, what he be this? So, next in the whole camp, said, now go get me small waiting. They called him, fact, maybe we should stop using that word manner. It's not a good word. Just call it what it is provision, divine provision. Say, find me, go and find me my DP. No, what's DP? Divine provision. Children, let's go get divine. Maybe they will have enjoyed it. But when they finish packing it, say, let's just go home. Say, Daddy, what is it? What is it, too? 
God sent us what it is, what is it? Then they'll be eating it. Children, are you enjoying it? We don't know. We don't even know what it is. After a few days, they are so literally. Do you know I'm, what I'm telling you is not a joke? If they had gone there and said, This is divine provision, Father will thank you. The taste would have been fantastic. Let me ask you a question now. Let's be real, okay? Children, babies, are they interested in variety? Think about it. I don't know how many of you have tasted breast milk as adults. I can assure you, <laughs> it doesn't taste like chicken. <laughs> Let me just assure you now. It doesn't taste like chicken. Apostle. <laughs> Is that me? Okay. Is that me? <laughs> Two of them. Ask this man. It doesn't taste like chicken. In fact, you'll be wondering why are these children just not they won't just go away. God has put it inside them. They, look, in fact, there's one, one child ahead of I want it. You know, there are some children when their mother will have them last. You are if you are the first child before you saw for six months, your mother has discontinued. I'm like, come on, go. Yeah, you the only one that will born in this house. Your mother is already this child is reducing my fertility. Please don't spoil it. But when you're like number four, number five. Your mother is using you as contraceptive. <laughs> they, those children, they, they are always on breast milk. So there's this particular child ahead of. It don't grow. Like this, they'll give her a with a no so you go suck, you go chop. Give her a chicken, you go chop. They only finish it, you do like this. Mommy, breast. <laughs> I'm not joking. He will clean his mouth. I'm not the mommy, yeah. Where is desert? <laughs> so my friend said, Oh, you can't pronounce it. <laughs> he said, This is not for those who can call his name. <laughs> the Lord is good. The one I'm making is that, boy, children, they enjoy it. It's the same thing. And if you know what they call baby friendliness, you're supposed to give them nothing apart from that. You're not even allowed to give them water to drink. If you're doing real baby friendly, if the child is thirsty, give him breast milk. If he's hungry, give him breast milk. If he's crying, give him breast milk. If he's happy, give it. That is, just keep loading. And these guys will suck this thing for six months. They'll never complain. I hope I get my point. So when Israel was complaining, it wasn't the food, it was them. That's the point I'm trying to make. It wasn't the food, it was them. If they had approached that thing with thanksgiving, it would have satisfied their souls, their hearts, morning, afternoon, and night. They would have desired more of it. But they were not full of thanksgiving. All they were doing was crumb. Of course, they started having foul taste in their mouth. So I'm telling you. When you, so they started asking God, come on, give up. And then the Bible said, go away. God got tired. Okay, okay, okay. Send them they want to chop chicken. Give them chicken. While they were eating the chicken, the real desire, the real heart of God was manifested. It was displeased. Everybody began to fall sick. The Bible says that he sent leanness into their souls. Because they did not take what he gave with thanksgiving. So, you cannot outthink God. And today, this, of course, I've done this so many times in the last few weeks. Today, I see it as I'm walking across my room. My sister, I said, God, 
Do you know you, you, you take care of me? Something made me think about that. I said, you actually do take care of me. There are little things he does. I'm like, I didn't think about this ahead. But you, you just in the bank, you know, no, this will not be good. All right? You just move me to make a small preparation. And the next thing I see, what's going on in society, as an example. And I say, okay, let, I just want to use it as an example. Now, as an example, this didn't happen. I just, as me, I run a small business. And I've been dealing in cash. Then somebody just starts pushing me, pushing me. Go and get a POS machine. I go and get POS machine. Next thing I know, I have like three. Then, two weeks later, this cash problem starts. And my business keeps moving. And I now realize that, wait, I didn't even think of, I didn't know this would happen. But God just moved me. You know, today I wanted to buy for seriously. I drove my empty tank out of the place. Everybody wanted to buy. We all came out with our cards. And the networks were jammed. And I was coming down here. The lot of businesses are not moving now because of that. And I wanted, because I was tired of buying, I wanted to buy a sizable quantity of fuel. That look, this coming and going. Let me just buy fuel. Here are the guys in my card. Declined. I said, they declined, declined. I said, let me get the other card I have. They said, which one bank? I told them, they said, I don't want to move at all. And I enter my motor drive, come out. So imagine, I'm just giving as an example. So imagine that kind of situation. Maybe I had a business, I just prepared all of these things. And next thing I know, business is now improving, increasing, because I had, I was prepared. Meanwhile, I did not consciously prepare. It's the kind of thing I've seen God do for me again and again. I'm not emphasizing the fact that you can't outthink God. I first heard that expression used by Mary Kay in her book, Miracles Happen. How God blessed, that is, God dashed her money that she could not pray for. I've told the story many times. If you get the book, read that chapter. You can't outthink God. Pastor of our church said, please help us encourage people to give money. The Holy Spirit told her, offer to double whatever they would give that day. She said, if people say they hate God, that was the closest they ever came to it. She was dressing up to go to church. A thought just dropped strongly in her heart. I said somebody spoke to her. Offer to double whatever they would give. And she was like, what? And she got to church. After rambling, rambling, she said, let's make this thing simple. Whatever you guys give, I will double it. And you have to give it immediately. Pastor said, please give us more time. It's okay, till tomorrow morning. Today is Sunday. Monday morning, the money must be in church. I will double it. In her wildest imagination, she did not think the money would be more than $10,000. You know how much it was? $106,000. She was weak. Why would I offer to double this amount of money. I don't have it now. I don't even have it. The, the head deacon that called her said, you know, we said that we, we free you from that pledge. She said, no. I made the pledge in the presence of the people of God. It's my pledge. I must fulfill it. He repeated to her a second time, we have freed you from it. He said, no, thank you very much, but no, thank you. He said, okay, I'll go to my bank and go and borrow money. Then that same phone rang again and her son said, mommy, how come everything you touch turns to gold? Say, what are you talking about? There was an investment she made some time ago. She had forgotten about it entirely. It was into oil prospecting. Said so they just hit oil and her share of the profits in the first month alone. First month, month one. There's month two. There's month 12. Is every, you know, every month comes and goes. Some months go good back past some other ones. All right? But that first month, her own was over a hundred, that 106,000. 
was more. The part of the story I love so much is I said when she was going to church, she was now taking her own portion, the $106,000 to church. She still went to her bank to collect it. She said that she was trembling at how great God is. That she didn't feel like, ah, rich woman bringing money. She felt like an unworthy servant being sent on an errand. She said she literally was trembling that God, you really are fearsome. You are to be feared. So you can't outthink God. Look, the best thing you can do for your life is to settle down and find out what he said you should ask. He gives prayer points. And those prayer points that he gives, they are the things we call his will. He said, this also, I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Like the flock for sacrifices. Like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts. So will the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they will know that I am the Lord. This also, go and read the preceding verses. The preceding chapters. See blessings. Sometimes you see it like now. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. That's the prayer point. I hope you're getting my point. That's the prayer point. So you study scriptures. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Not just to have head knowledge. So that you understand the basis of relating with him. When you are going to pray, your prayer is most effective if you have studied scripture. You've taken words. You take with him, with you, acceptable words. For example, we have learned in everything, give thanks. I hope you know thanksgiving is one of the most powerful forms of prayer. One day I was watching CNN many years ago. Foolishness is good, bad though. One of the prayers you pray every day, God, please deliver me from foolishness. May I not be foolish. And pray for your children. Yeah, pray for your children. Please, lay hands on your children. There are two ways to do it. Number one, lay hands on them and say, Father, I beg you, no, whether they are there or not, deliver my children from foolishness. Then lay hands on them and prophesy. In the name of Jesus, you will not be foolish. It's important. Foolish children, they grieve the heart of their parents. Tell you, one foolish child will make a billionaire look poor. You will hate money. Tell you, I'm talking about foolishness for a reason, okay? When I was watching CNN, and it was American Thanksgiving, and they said it's a day in which we are thankful. As I am laughing, I could see them avoiding the use of the word God. America has a Thanksgiving day. It said, Today is a day in which we are, we, 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 we are thankful. I saw them stammering over the word. Remember, Jonathan Mann was the one, one of the people you know, anchoring news that day. This was years ago. Jonathan Mann, that was the guy's name. You are thankful? You thank who? We give thanks to the stars. At least that way you are thanking something. You're just thankful. You're thankful. You can't have a grateful heart towards nothing. Do you get my point? No, you can't. You cannot have a grateful heart towards nobody. He said, it's the day in which America gives thanks. To who? To nobody. To themselves. To their ancestors. No, now. The original day of Thanksgiving was a day that this, the, the pilgrims gave thanks to God for keeping them through the harshest seasons of their lives. And Thanksgiving is a very important form of prayer. So God gave us a prayer point. He said, in everything, do, do what? Give thanks. So anytime you are coming for a prayer, you, you have your first prayer point. Thanks, thanksgiving. Because a prayer point, what is prayer? Let me remind us again. In prayer, you are talking to God the Father and to Christ Jesus the Son. 
you are addressing your petitions to God. You are saying to him, avenge me of my adversary. You are invoking his power into your life. You are invoking his power into your environment. Because the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. The earth he has given to the sons of men. So whatever is under your authority, you are yielding that authority to him by your words. That's what prayer is. You are saying, Lord, I'm going for this examination. I've studied. I know some things, but I don't know enough. You are my God. You know everything. You can help. You can help against this great multitude. Talking about those going to war. You can help. I remember when I was in university, I know. I experienced that a number of times. Ah, God is very good. If you're a student, if you don't know how to pray, you just suffer for nothing. And this life, let me just tell you quickly. Never feel you are too smart in life. One day I was talking to somebody. One of the best students I ever had. I've been a lecturer for years. One of the best students I ever had one day. He walked into my office feeling... Well, he came to ask for a favor. Not like something very important. He came to ask for a favor. He Then he offended me. He tried to show me that he knew... You know, when small, small boys who their father is the one giving money to, I learned to tell you economics and politics in Nigeria. And you feel like, excuse me, have you ever paid house rent? No. Have you ever earned money by yourself and paid somebody else's bills? No. Have you ever traveled at your own expense? No. So that day he offended me. He came to ask me, I told him to walk out of my office. He didn't know he crossed some, some boundaries. I was talking about Nigeria. Nigeria cannot afford some days. Why? He said, do you know, he said, sir, do you know the minimum wage? I said, you're supposed to be a smart student. You should have known the difference between minimum and maximum. Tell him to get out. Yeah. I told him to get out. I wasn't joking. It, I said, please, get up. Leave my office now. He crossed the line. Very brilliant student. One of the most brilliant students I ever met. Definitely will be among the top. Okay. I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So definitely top 20. Brilliant. Then one day I was talking to one of his former classmates, one of our sisters here. We're just talking. I referred to that day. He said, who? I mentioned the name. He said, he's dead. I said, what? He said, him? He's dead? What happened? He said, he was traveling, tire, bus, power, did not bus. Anyway, one gas, the accident took him out. I was weak. I was weak. What? See, no matter what you have naturally, if you don't have knees, you have, you have problems. You know what I mean by knees? Kneeling down before God and saying, have mercy on me. Kneeling down before him and saying, Lord, help me. One of our sisters, the younger sister met me one day, told me, brilliant girl, brilliant, brilliant. Had all her plans in front of her. Then she went to write the jump. Of all the computers in Nigeria, that's the one that did not work that day. Now, I've seen Jam call people to come and do a repeat exam after like a month. That one, nothing like that. The computer just froze. Just froze. Froze with all her quests. Everything froze. Jam gave her zero. There was no way around. You know? That one, she confessed. She knew that God said, okay, sit down here. God said, sit down. Sit down. Those when we were in school. <laughs> Remember once I went, I've, I've, I've told the story many times. I looked at my, I, it was my fault. Just made up your mind, I don't like a subject. It was biochemistry, I didn't like it. In secondary school, I did not like organic chemistry. So when I leave, left secondary school, at least, praise God, only for him to get to university and he was waiting for me. First year, chemistry 103 and 105. 
Ha. I just managed her. No lack of love. I managed. I passed them. Passed them okay. Not too fantastically, but not bad at all. I said, praise God, oh. Praise God. Organic chemistry finished in my life. Then I went to go and visit a senior student. And I saw him with organic chemistry structures in one book. I said, what is that? He says, biochemistry. The whole of biochemistry is organic chemistry put together. I remember that day I was depressed. This evil spirit has been pursuing me to secondary school. He still fo- followed me to university. First year, he still following me to second year. He said, God, who shall deliver me from this body of death? That is, I was sad. So was at the second year. I looked at him. No serious. I refused to read. I will go to class as a duty. Endure the classes. We have three subjects. The other two I enjoyed. I loved them. This one, endurance. Except that towards the exam, I knew the way the law went in my school. You must pass it. They don't like I don't like it. They will not wave it for you. There's no waving anything. They will not wave anything. I looked. I said, this thing I must pass. So I, oh, how the Lord taught me, I don't even know. Oh, we're learning faith those days anyway. So I went and knelt down. I said, Lord, can I see you? Your boy get a problem. What's your problem? This evil spirit that you... After my... So this, this ancestral curse... <laughs> that's been after me since secondary school. Now we have to overcome it. I said, Lord, you have to help me. So they said, okay. I didn't hear any voice, but I know that he said, okay. But I, based on what I had learned, I immediately knew two things I had to do. Immediately, I knew two things I had to do. First one is you have to start reading it. And then you have to stop saying biochemistry is volatile. I used to say it. Or if I have a song amongst many of us, you have to stop saying it. I don't know. I, those two instructions were clear. I didn't hear a voice, but they were clear. Of course, I started reading. The very first night after my repentance and baptism, <laughs> if you know what I mean, in that area, I went to class and a classmate sat beside me. I said, ha, this biochemistry is volatile. Though. I looked at him, tempter, issue. Uh-huh, you are the one descent from the village. Like, like, <laughs> I, I said, biochemistry is not volatile. I turned to him a second time. I said, biochemistry is not volatile. Third time I turned to him, I said, biochemistry is not volatile. The guy said, ah, uh-uh. <laughs> Like, waiting now. We fight before. He didn't know what I was fighting. You didn't know. As I teach my children every day, say, please learn to pray. You are not too young to solve problems with prayer. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I tell them almost every morning, learn to pray. Kneel in your room and pray. I was a young student that time. Do you know the day of the exam? I was supposed to answer five questions. The last first topics I read, I remember them to today because of how dramatic these things were. Monday we did anatomy, Tuesday, physiology, Wednesday was biochemistry. So Tuesday night, after the exam, we came to class to come and read. Then one of my classmates just teased me. Banky, are you sure you have slept? I did a small mental calculation. I said, no, I have not slept really. And I told myself, let me go and sleep. So I picked my bag. I was about to walk out of the class. As I was going, the last row, one guy was reading something. I looked at it. 
I recognized the handout. I remember I had a copy, but I've not seen it since the day the lecturer gave it to us. I just said, please, can I borrow yours? I sat behind him, took like 30 minutes and studied it thoroughly, studied everything. We had a lot of charts and diagrams. I don't want to bore you with details. I remember the topic till today. This is 1988. I remember it till today. It was so striking. I, I, I can see that picture because they photocopied stuff. Big diagram. Pa, 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 pa. I sat down. Okay, I'll tell you. Synaptic transmission. So, I went through everything line by line. When I finished, I said, ah, you know, it was after the exam, I found my, I found my copy. So, I returned it to the guy who went to the room. Bear that one in mind. Next day, after we did our MCQ, we had a short break, about two hours or so before the theory paper. I went to just go and relax. I read only three subjects. Three things. Three things. I remember them. Two, I'm remembering immediately. If I think I remember the third one. Three. They were the only three things I... This was three semesters. I had two, you know, this 80 leaves long, big... I had two full, apart from my textbook. I opened only to three. Three of them. In that short interval. I entered the exam hall. They dropped the question paper for us. What I read yesterday and these three were the four questions I had to answer out of five. Four out of five. God just kept it there. Like, what? Everything just came pouring back. Of course, I just read this just now, now. You don't get the point. Just now, now, now. Now. You don't get my point. Now. Three of them. One, the night before. We, they gave us three hours. Two hours or so after. Two hours. I've forgotten the exact amount. They, okay, 45 minutes to go. I remember. I had finished everything. I said, no. You must have done something wrong. You can't finish it over. I started again. Line by line, of course. I still remember. Okay, I remember all the things now till today. No, not the answers. So I don't forget all the answers. I'm talking about the questions. <laughs> the, the details are quite intricate. I would just go, bah, bah, I went, okay, then this one, this converts to this, this enzyme that does this, it produces this one, and this one does this. I went line, line, line. When I finished, it took me about 15 minutes to go through it. I just closed the paper. I said, I beg you, don't do When I submitted, let me make a long story short. That's how I passed the exam. Who said God doesn't answer prayers? He, he doesn't. The way they take answer prayer sometimes, you will just be, what? What just happened here? I didn't ask some people not go and pray. I said, the way you gave question to Banky, show me my own. He was like, it doesn't, it doesn't, there are no scriptures to support that one. That was just the way he did it for me. If I told the story of the one I went to pray, we had strike in school. As a student, we had, our, we had this, all these uh, disruptions of academic issues. Our dean refused to approve extension because... It was, long, it, was just, it was tired of the destruction of the calendar. So the main school closed. He continued medical this in the, in, the, in the hospital. I had nowhere to stay, so I had to go home. Make a long story short. When I came back, posting that I was supposed to do for me like eight weeks. Effectively, I came back got like three weeks. Ha. It was my final surgery. Went to go and, I still remember where I went to go and pray that prayer. I remember where I climbed to the top floor. One of the hostels. It was quiet. Oh God, I came to see you. This was closer to heaven than downstairs. <laughs> And I prayed, and I asked God, please help me. Clinicus, tomorrow, what do you want me to do for you? I said, this professor is very difficult. 
I don't want you to be my examiner. Then the Holy Spirit said, very clear. It was like my thoughts anyway. You don't want you to be your examiner or you want to pass. I said, Lord, I'm very sorry. I want to pass. So I said, very well then. Another request I have, what is it? It's clinicals. Usually they say when you have difficult cases like maybe cancer or the pancreas and all of that, they, mess, they have pity on you because you're a medical student. But when you have simple things like hernias, they think you should know everything about it. That was what we told ourselves. I said, Lord, I want to ask a request. What is it? I don't want to have a case of hernia because I'm going to fail. So the Lord said, okay. Again, a thought in my mind. You don't want hernia or you want to pass? Okay, I want to pass. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I asked about the hernia. I'm sorry. I'll make the story short. Next day, not only did I get that difficult professor, I got the hernia. Yeah, it was like a setup. You just know that God was there and he was listening to me. He heard the prayer. Next day, they gave me the I walked to the patient. I looked at the man. What's the problem? He told me. I, I almost looked like. <laughs> I'm like, God, what are you doing? Time to be examined. The most gentle examiner was about to head for my post. When they rang the bell and said, sir, time to go and drink tea. Then, tea break, 15 minutes. I had a lot of time to put my things together. And then, my examiner walked up. The man whose name I mentioned yesterday to God in prayer, he was the one that God just sent. So, both the things, the Lord just set it up nicely. Good enough, I said to him, it is not the issue, it's past is the issue. That particular session, turned out to be one of the most wonderful sessions I ever had in a clinical exam in that university. Yeah. The man was, in fact, the last thing he said is, that's my boy, that's my boy. That was the last thing he said as I left. He said, that's my boy, that's my boy. Look, learn to pray. God answers prayers. All these whining are complaining. They say, if we don't get it right this time, if we don't get it right this time, some people say, some people don't win, they are going to leave this country. Start leaving. <laughs> Just leave. Whoever is coming is coming with the spirit of God to do you and I good. Yes. That's it. God answers prayers. And like I said, he gives prayer points. Learn your scriptures to know the prayer points that he has given. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a fantastic one. So if there's lack in your life, you get on your knees. Lord, you are my shepherd. For that reason, I will not want. Therefore, see all these wants, all these needs in my life. I'm asking you, solve all of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He doesn't want lack in your life. He doesn't want to want. That's why he said it. He said, I don't know what will happen in this country. What happened to our children? Ah. God said, listen, listen, this is how I bless people. You will not give birth to children for calamity. It's a promise. So, when you, you know, sometimes when I make decisions, what is carrying them? Do you know what it is? It's as if I'm, I'm, I'm blind to what they are saying. I can't see anything. I'm not afraid. I don't have a, a jot of fear concerning the future of my life or that of my children. No, not, no, you're not getting my point. I have no plans made for them. None. I, 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 none. I solve each problem. You finish SS3, we'll solve the problem of getting to the next level. That's it. That's it. Oh, happened after that? Do I look like God to you? There's a difference between El Shaddad and El Shaddai. Just a dad. Not God. After all, you are not my child. You are his own. We are children. You know God doesn't have grandchildren. 
we are both children of the same father. Just I arrived, I arrived before you. Do you get what I'm going to say? I, I went ahead, so uh, okay, I got to God said, okay, train this one. I'm sending another one, train it, train it. So we are just we are junior, junior soldiers. Serving the same father. So it's business to take care of you. When I say, well, I'm afraid of what? If here comes now, I get up. I know how I do it. I get on my knees. It usually doesn't take more than 20 minutes. 20 minutes in which I'm just praising God, though, and the, the request, they don't do the tea. Just a few minutes, you ask him for what he promised that he would do. He said, you will not give birth to children for calamity. So, Lord, people say calamities wait ahead. It will not apply to my children in the name of Jesus. Wherever you will locate them, protect them, surround them with favor as with a shield. Concerning Jesus was spoken. This child was going in what? Growing in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with God and with man. You know what that means? Everywhere he went, people helped him. Everywhere he went, people helped him. And the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. That's it. Someone doctoral told the story of how why he survived. The talks were killing everybody. He invaded Armenia. How did he survive? One of the killers saw him, grabbed him, and covered him somewhere. Almost sat on him like because he loved his father. Yeah. He shielded him. They killed everybody else around, but he was not touched. Who kept him? One of the invaders. I finally saw this movie recently, Schindler's List. When I saw the movie, I had to go online and investigate. It's really a true story. A really a true story. I said, what? So in the midst of all that calamity, God took a man and said, no, you will save some people for me. He, he spent all his energy, all the money he made, doing everything to make sure that everybody that worked for him did not die. I said, no. I said, God just sent somebody to shield these people. So, instead of, uh, hey, well, where will you hide your children? I hide them in God. How do you hide them in God? I get on my knees. And I pray for them. If you go and check, when Jesus was going to depart, what he spent time doing was praying for his disciples. And he prayed for two of their generations. Them that he was speaking to, those he was speaking to, and whoever we believe by their words. So Jesus has prayed for me. So that, so that he told the father, keep banking from the evil one. The evil one cannot touch me. You see, it's only me I want to. You know, you know what the evil one does? Say, come, come. That's all he does. Come, I'll show you something. Then you're not tempted to come out of your father's house. If only you stay there, there's nothing you can do. Look, Jesus has ensured, between him and the father, he has ensured that one. You have to consciously walk away. If you will not, there's nothing he can do. What am I going to emphasize? It gives prayer points. When you find the prayer points in scripture, they become your prayer points. Don't, like I said, you cannot outthink him. That's why I told the story of Mary Kay. She said, I like that experience. You can't outthink God. Everything that you never need in life, he has thought about. He has written his will concerning. He said, you go and study. And then you take that. It forms your... You see, one of the things you must do as a Christian is to learn to form desires from scripture. Are you getting my point? For example, let me give a very interesting example like this. A natural human being wants to have a massive savings account, investments here and there, okay? Like now, I own, imagine that I own small of Apple in America, a little bit of Tesla, and I own a small portion of a first bank in Nigeria, MTN Nigeria, you know? I have a small, I own shares in, in all those kind of places. 
So every year when they pay dividends, one day they paid Brother Lico dividends. One of his companies, just one. One. Seven hundred and something million dollars. Do you understand? Know one year dividends from one of the companies. Seven hundred and seventy or so million US dollars. That's three quarters of a billion US dollars one year. See, I post the scratch face. If you mean I want to scratch face. It sounds nice, sounds nice. Someone say, How do I acquire such? You now go for seminars down the road. <laughs> yeah, this jokers, <laughs> some of you are coming from there. <laughs> Let me talk about them small. And then my pastor have this, I always laugh. I see them on their phone. All those phones that they use hello tape to hold. Go, you see them now. Say, no, rubber. Rubber band. Hold it in. I have a special package I'm introducing you to. So you, I'm, I'm looking at them like, I wish I could photograph who's introducing a special package to you. <laughs> Sitting on one old innocent chair. <laughs> on our staircase. Doesn't have an office. Once they were, they will stay on the road. I just get there. I say, hey, 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 hey. Pack your chair. They, don't, they think I'm just trying to maintain order. They know that they vex. For, for all the people there, they are defrauded. So please, move your chair. Please, don't stay on the way. Okay, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. My mind. And you are calling somebody. Don't realize how poor you are. <laughs> you not go for one of those seminars. Those were very funny. They start with praise worship. You now listen to one of our Okemote's brothers in Abuja. <laughs> to motivate them, you can do it. Lazarus, you can walk. Lazarus, don't worry about Jesus. It's not coming soon. You can walk. No matter how rotten your inside is, you can get up. Lie. If Jesus does not come, Lazarus is not walking. And people know they, people know they finish for there. They will come back again. Of course, after some time, those ones there will get tired. No money is coming. The recruiter and that said, I hear them on radio. The first 50 people to cut this number. Zero one one two two five five six six six. You are going to get a free package, yeah. photocopied package. Why won't it be free before? <laughs> the Lord is good. People, let me just say, there's no all this quick, quick money. They don't exist. Just ask yourself, Lord, what can I do to bless people? What can I do to be useful in life? Now, what can I do just to make money? I'll be collecting your money. The other day, your guy was asking that. Look like I lost money in crypto. The way I talk about crypto, I say me. I grew, you were still a child, that is, when I learned not to pursue stupid things like that, they, they, if they don't burn you, maybe you are still wearing pampas. Just a small, small boy looking for quick money. I've been seeing people looking for quick money since I was young, and they have never found it. They never find it. They were never, they were only looking for this quick money. I read one of our, you know, our brother, tall reverend, say he has one uncle that time, that when his uncle is analyzing what they will do with, maybe 100 million when they make it. They'll be fighting. That is, he and his uncle, they are fighting. They are, I won't, I won't. you can't spend a hundred million like that. I will not get at least two million. What, do you, what did you do? What did you do? I should give you two million. They'll be fighting. <laughs> and if you pass there, you would have thought there was real money. No. They are fighting on money that will come as a result of a plan that's on paper. After that, the man says, okay, now the next money we are getting is 50 million. I say, okay, sir. How much am I getting? You're not getting anything. Nothing, sir. So one day I asked him, has he made the money? He said, no. He has died. Ah. He, said, did he, he said he never made the money. He pursued the money until one day he fell sick and he died. I think God just got tired. 
Get up, go and be useful to somebody. You're looking for money. How did I get into that? I know what I was saying. So they were, not, were talking about design, uh, arranging desires from the word of God. So people want that. So okay, go and sit down, now be praying. Ah, in the name of Jesus, as I'm showing this shit, as I'm, you know, God, you multiply it for me. All of it to gather on the earth. But God gave it prayer point, told us his mind. Say, do not lay up treasure on the It's a simple instruction. So how do you generate desire from the word of God? The day you read that, the desire to lay up treasure on the earth for you should die. It should end. When they are doing all these seminars on how to become rich and lay it up, you just start laughing. Say no. It doesn't mean you'll never be rich, but you never pursue it. Say, don't worry yourself out to be rich. It's in scripture. So it must never, when I see people say, ah, you're going to sow a seed so that within the next two years, why should I sow a seed to disobey God? I don't know whether you're getting my point. You are telling me to sow a seed so that I can disobey God. This is your seed. You now start laying up treasure on the earth. Okay? I won't sow that seed. Even if I wanted to give, I won't give today. Because what you are telling me is that if my seed germinates, between me and my seed, we start disobeying the Lord. So one day I was reading my scriptures. And Paul, when he was writing, in Acts chapter 20, when he was about to leave, he made a statement. A number of things he said. In verse 33, he said, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. That was Paul speaking. He said, you yourselves know that these hands minister to my own needs. And to the men who were with me. In everything I showed that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. One day I read that. I became my prayer point. I said, Lord, in this life, especially as a minister, this is the testimony I desire. I want to be able to say boldly, I have coveted nobody's goods. That's my desire. I don't want anybody to look only around me. Say, Pastor Gusun Siamu. One day, one man of God, he was driving one nice sharp car. Other ministers say, Ah, ah, fine car you have there. How did you get this? Now, one of my members said, I knock on prophecy. He said, I knock on. I know the member, maybe what he did was not very good too, but that's not, his, that's not our point. Our point that the man said, I knock on prophecy. Basically, he went against this scripture. He coveted somebody's car. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. One of our sisters went for a meeting one day. He called her number. Oh, man of God was ministering. Enugu. Mm. UWN 999. ZZZ. I see the number in front of me. Now she look. It sounds like my my motto. Someone says, ah, "Is your car? Yeah, go forward, go forward." When the the Lord said, "You put it on the altar." Now I look the man of God. Do you want me to go home? I don't think so. The man who gave me this car—that's my husband. If he catch that, I came here alone. It's already a sin. The man had warned me. Now you want me to now go back home and say I didn't come out with this guy? I look at some minutes and say, I just have a He said, it is for the life of your husband. Yeah. He said so. The woman said, you don't get the point. The man whose life, he said, you see, to say, if, he, if I go back home without this guy, 
There will be no man, there will be no woman. Leave this thing. Ah! What I heard was that Paul said, I have converted nobody's gold, nobody's silver, nobody's goods. Now, this is what I'm saying. Do you know, I literally took it to prayer on my knees. God, please. If it is to trek, let me trek with joy. Trekking doesn't kill you. After all, you see them up around square every day. They are trekking up and down, trying to lose weight. Trekking up and down, trying to keep it. Is that not so? Yes, they said this world is really upside down. The rich are always walking up and are trying to lose weight. Meanwhile, the poor are walking great distances to see food to eat. Every day I'm driving down that road that the governor said we must be passing. You know, he's blocked our own road. That's in front of Jedediah's house. See everybody walking up and down, walking up and down. Prosperity gets your own problem. You know, there's a sharp hill, they go to the bottom. I say, we seen the deal commit. <laughs> what did you say? Prosperity. But I'm going to say, trekking doesn't kill. That's what I'm going to emphasize. You don't lose your destiny because you don't want to trek. The prayer point I generated from there is what I just read to you now from Acts 20, in verse 3. Paul said, I have converted nobody's gold, nobody's silver, nobody's goods. Say, Lord, therefore, please, let this be my testimony. I I, it's not say, ah, no, I will never. No, there, look, let me tell you the truth. There's a way hunger will do you. Hunger will give you a message. You come to the pulpit, hallelujah. When the man of God is not happy, nobody can be blessed under that administration. Amen. You, you won't know. It's hunger. Hunger is telling you what to say. Hunger? Hunger? That's why he said, don't make me poor. Otherwise, I will steal. So you sustain this righteousness. You read the scriptures. I have converted nobody's good. It becomes what? Your prayer point. It becomes your prayer point. He said, those who want to be rich, what happens to them? They pass themselves through many hurtful laws and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. It becomes a prayer point. Lord, please, the desire, this drive to be rich, remove it out of my heart. Help me to be satisfied wherever I am. Let my satisfaction not be based on what material thing you have given to me. Let me be satisfied, Lord, in you alone. It's a prayer point. It's a prayer. Look, the problem sometimes with prayer is that we don't pray the most important things first. That's why it says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But we use that energy to chase the other things that he said should be added freely. Talking about praying the will of God. The will of God, look, that's how it is. is the, the will of God is that which he has desires to do. I began you know, trying to connect you last time. Trying to explain that, listen, prayer is not about getting your own will done. The fundamental thing about prayer is that through it you establish the will of God around you and in your life. Look, you know how Jesus walked in holiness and righteousness? You, know, you want to know how? It's with prayer. It's not because he was the son of God and he could not sin. The Bible says he was tempted in every way as we have been tempted, but yet without sin. Now, if there was no possibility of sin, how can you tell me he was being tempted the way I'm being tempted? I hope you're getting my point. That he did not sin means there was something he did. And that thing is available for you and me to do also. So that even though we are tempted, we also will not sin. We don't just hide behind the fact that he is merciful. 
and he's mindful that we are but flesh, we'll do anything we like and say, God, you forgive. No, now, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, see, let me say something here. There are things God can do, which he doesn't like the fact that he has to do, even though he does them. That is like, it doesn't have to be necessary. What am I going to say? God forgives. But don't think he enjoys the fact that you sin, then he forgives. He thinks he likes to play table tennis. Toko, sin. Toko, forgive. Toko, sin. Toko, forgive. Every day, they sin, sin. No, now. Some of you just sit, sit down the fact that God forgives his merciful soul. It's very merciful. But if you have that attitude that is merciful, let's just continue. You won't know when you will finish the amount of mercy reserved for you. It's not as if it's mercy if they finish. It's more like after a while you show him that you are not serious. And he concludes that this life of holiness is not important to you. So what are you doing on the earth? No, you don't want him to do that. What I'm going to say is, is this. When you see something that's higher, go for it. Jesus never needed forgiveness. He never needed it. So you say, okay, what did he do? That's where I'm going. While we need it, we'll collect it. But we are aiming for, ah, wait. We should get to a place where, I mean, we don't just keep on coming. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's something to do. Two ministers said something that impressed me. One said, in the last 50 years, I've not been out of the will of God once. Now, these are not children. These were people who were in their 80s. And when somebody says some such thing, I don't want to argue, what does it mean? He said it, and he said it with confidence. I want you to bear that in mind. And that one said, in the last 60 years, I've not been out of the will of God once. Haba. Instead of, you know, you know what some, some people will do? They will not be arguing. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. You don't know the man. You are not in his house. You just, you have put a cap over your head that can never obey God more than three weeks at a go. At the end of three weeks, I must disobey. If it's a go to Nineveh, I must find one Tashish. If there's no Tashish, I find somewhere else. The man said every Nineveh, they've said I should go. I went. I've never been to Tashish. Fish has never swallowed me. Instead of you to say, ah, how can we attend to that? Your, your own is to argue that it did not happen. Can't you see you are not normal? What am I going to say? Jesus never needed forgiveness. But there's a way he handled it. And look, it's there. Quickly, let's open the Hebrews chapter 4. It's there. It's available for everybody. If we make it our priority. Hebrews chapter 4. Thank you. Okay, let's just start from verse 11. It said, now let us be diligent to enter into that rest, so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are opened and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, he says, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that we will find grace to help in times of need. Now, I want you to understand something here. How did Jesus himself do this? The Bible says that in the days of his flesh, he cried out with much tears and petitions to him who was able to save him from death. 
and he was ahead in that he what? He feared. He was ahead in that he feared. We are going to combine those two and see exactly how Jesus did it. That's Hebrews chapter 5. Just a few verses down. Now, how did Jesus himself overcome? You will see it there. It's in Hebrews chapter 5 there. I like the way King James uses the word feared. He said, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God, in order to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, he said, let us jump to Jesus Christ. He said, so also Jesus did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest. In verse 7, he says, in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because he feared or because of his piety. I like King James says, literally, he said he was heard because he feared. Now, what I want to bring out from those two portions, both the one we read at the end of Hebrews chapter 4 and this portion that we are reading in chapter 5, is to see how Jesus dealt with the issue of sin in his life. How it was possible for him to go through life and not sin. How it was possible for him to be delivered from death. You must understand, the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is what? So when he was delivered from death, it was that he was delivered from sin. I hope you're getting my point. He was delivered from what? From sin. That's it. Every temptation in his life, all right, was handled. He was prepared by, you know, like by prayer. He used prayer to fortify himself against the onslaught of the devil. So anytime you see a great temptation in front of him, the greatest temptation he faced, who can tell me what that one was? The greatest temptation was the cross. was when the cross was set in front of him. That was the greatest temptation. At that moment, hey, you must get, you know, I said something last time. Look, God is taking you somewhere in life, eh? And each time in approaching that, you have to keep overcoming. I don't know whether you're getting my point. See, make over, let me put it this way. Don't make success in life your aim. Don't make wealth in life your aim. Make overcoming your aim. Do you hear what I said? See, this is how it works. Every time in life, your most important victory is over disobedience. Every time in life, your most important victory is over sin. Every time in life, your most important victory is over unrighteousness. That is, mark it in your head that if I will remain physically now poor all my life, but I will be rich in righteousness, I will have succeeded. Rather than to compromise a little bit and become rich financially and a great giver. Do you follow my point? The reason is this. What God is doing is that as you are going in life, each time, the way he qualifies you for the next assignment in your life is through temptation. You have to overcome temptation. You have to say, if I perish, I perish. If you get to a point where the only reason why you are still standing is because of righteousness. I don't know whether you are getting my point. We are purified through trials. We are purified through tribulations. That's why James said, Beloved, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. Why? It's the trying of your faith that works patience. What I'm trying to say, let me just say this way. It was okay for Jesus to be tempted, don't eat bread, and then jump down, and then, which other one? Bow. I look back now, they look like the smallest of the temptations they had to face. Many of us think that after that, no temptation again. No, 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 no. In fact, Bollinger will tell you that that one even happened two times. But reading through scripture, we see the temptations come up again 
and again and again. For example, let's make him king. That's a temptation. Ah, you don't know that? Let's make him king. That's a temptation. They say, okay, even if he will not contest, we will make you king by force. It is not everything that looks like God opened the door for promotion that you must step into. Some of them are the ways by which you lose your destiny. I've seen pastors, you know, pastors can become very popular. I hope you know that. Yeah, I mean, like, you have a church of 100,000 people. One day they, are, they will tell you, why don't you run for governor of the state? And the people will tell you, it's people like you we want. We know you. You don't chase money. This church, we know when it started. You were a young boy at that time. You were just 26. You came to this city. Said the Lord said, the first 10 years, the church was no more than 15 people. But you stood your ground. You stood your ground. You stood your ground. And the church grew. Now you have branches all over this region and all over the country. Sir, it's people like you who want. People of integrity. You don't need to do anything. We'll do the campaign. Don't worry. We are the structure. And they know many, many ministers. They will not go and pray. And then the Holy Spirit will now say to them, Arise, my son. He said, Door I have opened. For it to be a blessing to people. That you now step out into your destiny. Nine out of times, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's an evil spirit. Who wants to help the guy miss his destiny in life? As I one man in Nigeria. Those of you who know, you know who I'm talking about. One day he was running for political office. We are the ones that love him. Not those who are telling him, run, run. I, but we, we stayed here in Enugu and prayed for him. Father God, may he fail in Jesus' name. Some of you were here that time. We mentioned his name in prayer. That God may his political ambition fail. How oh, you pray like that? So he can go back to his work. How will you like it? Then Goti opens his refinery tomorrow. He now come and say, I'm looking for men of integrity. Is your pastor we have found, Pastor Bank. Be the chairman of the board of Oruro Industries. <laughs> that is all. Some people say, praise God. You know, pastor was faithful in preaching. They now promoted me to head a refinery. You think that is promotion? That's demotion. Absolute. You only think it's promotion because you're counting the money. If you were to count substance, you will come and block the door. Guy, you're not going anywhere. You will block the door and say, "Guy, you're not going anywhere." Many people have been distracted because, see, please understand what I'm saying. Overcoming is to overcome temptation. You get to a point in life. <laughs> Look, one day somebody invited me some, for something. By the time the person finished with talking me, even me, I wasn't thinking straight again. You know, it's people like you and he. Ah! Satan's mouth is sweet. If you've not heard it before, you don't know anything. He talk, talk up and down. I said, okay, let me think about it. I kept on thinking. I told my wife, what do I do? He said, please, sir, I don't know what it's going to take and all of that. Ah! Finally, my wife made a statement. I said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But your heavenly father in heaven who gave the, who gave SD to me as my wife. She just said it like a joke. He said, if it's one past, poor pastor's wife that invited you, invited you for this meeting, are we going to be having this discussion? And it dawned on me that all this prayer and thinking about it is because of the clout and wealth around the people inviting me. It didn't hit me until she put it like that. He said, my husband, forget all this. And just assume that that lady talking to you I was going as a pastor of a 25-member church somewhere, and they don't have anything there. Are, are you going to be asking me all these questions? I say, it is true. I tell the person, say, I'm sorry. 
Answer, no. Oh, if you see that person, sweet talk me. Show me who and who will be there. And how people like me need to be there. To be able to, you know. When you talking, you start falling asleep, you won't know. It's called hypnosis. You begin to do like this, okay. All right. I'm coming. Every moment in your life, I'm telling you, just be resisting. Are you getting my point? They came to Jesus. They said, yeah, let's make you king. He left them. Just walked away nicely. Peter came to him and said, nothing bad will happen to you. He said, get behind me, Satan. The worst of the temptations was when the cross was now in front of him. The father made it clear. Satan reminded him. The host of heaven made it clear to him. You can say no. If it's too painful, say you're not doing it again. What's the big deal? Say no. If you don't say no, they are going to flog you. And if you don't like it, anytime, change your mind. Do you know what? It was temptation. So he went to the garden. Now that's why I'm telling the whole story. And he showed us how he overcame all the other temptations. In the other ones, he didn't see the intensity of prayer because the temptation was not that grievous. But he also had to pray. But this one, he showed us how he handled it. In the days of his flesh, much crying and petitions to him who was able to deliver him from death. And he was hurt because he was serious. I don't know whether you get my point. He feared. He feared me that he knows this is not a joke. That all these people in Nigeria in the year 2020 will still be slaves if I don't go here. It was head in that he feared that the reason why God called Abraham is about to be scuttled. It was head in that he feared. This is why Joseph went into Egypt. It was head in that he feared. He saw every preparation that God had made to bring him to that point. He looked at it, but the pain was not easy. Go and watch the Passion of the Christ. You get an idea. And let me explain to you, that was the smallest. The real pain was spiritual. (laughs) I can't handle this. I cannot resist this temptation. I can't. So what do I do? I go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find power to help me. This is my time of need. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I am going to the throne of grace now. I need power. I need mercy. I need to collect power to help me. This is my critical time of need. That's the point. That was his own critical point of need. People think time of need is time of hunger. Time of I have to pay school fees. Your time of no. It is a time when you are about to scuttle the plan of God for your life through one moment of disobedience. It's a time which you don't know which one is even the right one to do. Do I go left or do I go right? The right prince told a story. He said, when he finished in the Second World as a soldier, that he breathed that after the Second World War, that the British owed him a pass back home. He had gotten saved during that his you know, service in the, in, the, in the army. And God had called him supernaturally to ministry. If you know his, the way his life story was, he was an only child. He didn't grow up much with his parents. His grandfather had terminal cancer that his prayer had kept the man alive for the last two years or so. And the greatest desire of his heart was to see the man before he would die. He was an old man. See what are you talking about? 
But the Lord just told him something clear. He knew clearly that this door is going to open only once. You either pass through it or you let it go. He had the choice either to go home or let's make a long story short, face his destiny. You will never see your grandfather again. Hey, look, some of us don't know what, what it means to make decisions in life. You've never been there. It was agony. You don't understand. The man will die. This is a man he had prayed for regularly for the last two years. He had been sending messages up and down. His plan was that this, and the man himself was looking forward to seeing his grandson. He made up his mind. No. God has opened a door of destiny. I have to walk through it. Such decisions are made not with common human mind or ability. It's with prayer. Or you want to marry yourself? Single woman. A man has said you should marry him. You know, there's something. Marriage is very funny. You do. <laughs> Let me see. Go and investigate what? Investigation will finish you. Let me just assure you of that. To confuse you. You're about to make the commitment of your life to one, one happy guy in church. <laughs> you know what's going to happen to him tomorrow? Let me tell you, before Jesus committed himself to ordinary 12 men, he prayed the whole night. Yeah, his disciples. Before he chose them, those 12 of which Judas was one of them. The Bible made it clear he prayed a whole night. When he came out of prayer in the morning, he selected them 12. And he said to them, I've chosen you 12. One of you is a devil. They, look, they were not easy decisions. Though. Now, what am I talking about? How did they manage it? How did the priests manage it? How did Jesus manage it? Those are the times that the Bible called the time of need. That's the time of need. It's not the time of I'm hungry. It is I'm about to make a decision. Sometimes the temptation is strong. You are a returning officer. <laughs> Those of you who are working for INEC, you have to pray. These politicians are not joking. Thank God for beavers. Your life is easier than before. Hey. In this life, some of these people that tempt people, they tempt you two ways. They entice you with money and they threaten you with a gun. There's one funny guy. You know, sometimes eh, when you go get away with evil, eh, just know that God is waiting for you in front. There's one guy, you all know him, I won't tell you his name here. When he saw he lost election, in one state not too far from here, he drew a gun, put to the head of the returning officer. You know what I'm talking about? I'm looking for his cousin. You, Ude, that woman on your left, this man's wife, I think he's your cousin. Are you not from that state? Use your mouth to tell me her state. <laughs> I'm correct. It's your state. <laughs> I was looking for somewhere from that side. Yeah, he drew a gun. He drew a gun. He realized they were, they were about to kick him out of political power. He drew a literal. I'm trying to code this thing. And then there are job, before you do some jobs, eh, you will pray. You have to pray. That's what, when the Bible was talking about that, that is, unfortunately, Christians use prayer for small, small things too much. Lord, all my mates are driving brand new cars. Every car I've ever used in this life is Tokumbo. And, God is, eh, and that's the problem. And God is looking like, so that's the problem. Eh, Mr. Which day will I now, won't I even tear up by this in my life? You know, there are things you are saying, God looking at you like, eh, this one is my child too. <laughs> Embarrassed. Say now, wow. So I've taught you nothing. Say, let me go and flog Banky because apparently he's not doing his work. <laughs> no, that's the problem. Then when real issues come down, we just fall. Yakata. You know what saints are supposed to do with prayer? Primarily to maintain righteousness. 
They're about to step into Babylon. Say, boys, 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 let's gather, let's gather. This is Babylon we're entering. Nobody's eating anything by there. We're not eating any defiled food. Though. What do we do? Father God, give us strength. You think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I prefer their Hebrew name, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You think they stood by themselves and we will not bow to your graven image, even if you want to smoke us. Just get a lighter, put in front of your nose. You will know that nobody can see that. No, cigarette lighter, just put it like this, just blow it under your nose. You will know that you don't say such things. <laughs> if God does not empower you, you can't say it. If, if they didn't discuss with you, just can't throw you into a furnace, it's a different matter. When they put in front of the furnace, he said, let's talk. When the breeze, fire blew like this, you no, know, you start smelling your own hair. <laughs> Brethren, you will bow. Why saints don't bow is the supply of the spirit. No, God knows what he's doing. Why saints don't bow is the supply of the spirit. And like I said earlier, what did Jesus do? He understood the gravity of the situation. Because he did, the Bible says, that's why he went to the garden. He drew near to the throne of grace that he might obtain mercy and find power, grace is power, ability to keep standing even though the cross was there. Intense pressure. So he will go and pray. And pray. And the prayer was simple. Can you remember the prayer? Father, if it is possible, let it cup pass over me. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Simple prayer. I don't know why Christians can't pray the way it is in scripture. Why do we like to make noise? I just make noise. Oh, 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 the cross, the cross, the cross. Oh, oh, the cross is coming. About the cross. Oh, cross. Just get on your knees. Our God, have you seen the cross? Please ever see him. Ah! Not my will. But, you know why I'm doing like that? Because at the point in time, he began to bleed. The pressure in his heart was so intense. He began to bleed. People say, he wasn't sweating. Why does blood, even if you... Dry all the water and sweat. And how does it become thick like blood? Does it even become thick like blood? He literally, if you wiped his face, your white handkerchief turned red. That was what he did. The agony of his soul was intense. You know the truth? If we handle sin like that, we will overcome every single time. Most of the time, we don't. We take it like God will understand. That's the problem. He would understand. That's why I said what I said earlier. Why, why must we always need forgiveness? Why don't we go ahead? Collect grace and say, Lord, we will not bow. We will not, Lord, that's why we have come. This one, we are not going to bow. We have not come to ask you for forgiveness. You know, like, you remember Naaman? You know Naaman? You remember what Naaman did? He asked for forgiveness ahead of time. He said, eh, I will be serving your God, but oh God, just forgive me ahead in case I go and bow down. To my, it's my God's God. Actually, you know, I'm not worshiping your God. Just give me small earth. Let me carry it home. Uh, you know, he asked for forgiveness ahead of time so that he can bow. <laughs> baby, 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 who they worry about? Shadrach and Co. said, Lai, Lai. Oh, guy, you want to enter that shrine? We know they enter. You no longer be my general. So be it. But if they couldn't say such things lightly, you will say such things when you have been empowered, literally, by the Spirit of God. Let me end it there. The primary thing we do as believers, you know, you know today I spend all the time explaining that, look, we form our prayer points from what he has revealed. We form our desires from what he has revealed. Do you know, if we believers, we do that. We will see answers to prayer 
so commonly. We want, we, the question will be, is, do, is it possible that God doesn't answer prayer? You'll be wondering that. No, he answers prayer all the time now. But the problem we have had is that the word has given us prayer points. Oh, let's pray for our brother. He's going to be the next senator or the next governor. So that when he sits down there, we'll be getting all the contract. Begin to pray. Hey, all the people that are against him, they will fall. They will fall because the contracts are ours. As the kingdom is the Lord's, the contract, oh, we possess this earth. We'll march, yeah, begin to march over it. Begin to march over it. Pray for this. God is just looking like. So these are my children. Gabriel, are you sure? Does Michael know these ones? <laughs> That's it. Do you know if we had gathered and said as a church as an example, let me end it here. If the church says, if the church determines, oh, poor President Buhari, he's going home now. After eight years, he realized he couldn't fight corruption. He said, let him fight small towards election. Even his own men are suing him to court. He just small he wants to fight. Oh, that, okay, I don't want this election to be cash and carry. After eight years, the guy said, I can imagine thunder, fire, fight against corruption. I'm going home. What could, he, what could he fight? Most of his governors are so corrupt. Oh, God. His senators, corrupt. Ministers, corrupt. And you think you can elect the president of fire corruption in this country? Let me just tell you, I, I, I know things. Eh? I know a lot of things. You, know, you, you may not believe it, but I know things. Spiritually now. You can't. It's, it's not possible. In a democracy... It's not possible. You sit down there and say you are not corrupt. Pass your bill, let me see. You will write the best budget in the world. The men will not pass it. I've said it before. People think that what we need in Nigeria is... I said Jesus Christ cannot do anything. If you make him head of state, eh? he can't do anything. Please, the Lord knows I'm not taking anything away from his power. I'm explaining things to people who don't understand. He said, Pastor what do you mean? He went to his hometown. What could he do? He, he came on to his own. What happened to him? His own did not receive him. People think that because it's Jesus, he just come to Nigeria. Right now, your role is going to be good. Oh, Lord, we worship you. There will be constant power. I am the Lord that gives you power. Oh, thank you for constant power. Now, there will be free education from primary school level to tertiary level. Oh, thank you. Oh, great provider. You will do that in heaven. After he has destroyed the earth, the new heaven and the new earth is where you see such things. First, he has to melt away this nonsense. The only way Jesus can read in a place like that, he will come to Nigeria and say, okay, okay, all legislators who want money, put up your hand. You put up your hand, you shoot the power, 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 power. Shoot everybody, carry, the, carry away their corpses, carry away their corpses. The human rights will now start protest everywhere. The same people that say, they will say, no, this man is what? A dictator? He's this, he's that. Then they will, they will not, a tyrant, they will not uh, embargo. What did that they do? Sanctions. Anybody related to him cannot travel abroad again. Let me, the only way he will just stop. Corrupt people to this side. Oh, yeah. Firing squad, shoot all of them. That's what the only thing Jesus can do from scripture. He will shoot everybody. Does anybody still want to steal? <laughs> you say, no, say, now nah, let us run the country. That's the only thing. And you want to know, that's what he's going to do. And eventually, that's the only thing he can do. Oh, that's the only thing he can do? That's the only thing he can do. But if he doesn't want to do that, he comes from below. And he says to his church, go ye into all the world. 
and preach the gospel, he that believes and is baptized will be saved. So the only way he can transform without us having to go through that dying, killing process is if we preach the gospel and the people will believe. But where I want to end my message is this. If the church wants to end corruption, you know what? They can. You say, ha, are you not connected yourself? No, I'm not. Because they are the salt of the earth. They are the light of the world. And they are enough in this nation. If they will say, no, let us take our saltiness back, they will end corruption in this nation. I'm telling you that as a matter of fact. In this country, we can. First, we'll go ourselves, go to the place of prayer. Say, everybody, all pastors will declare it. If you steal money, don't bring it here. Then we'll start praying. After we have cleansed ourselves, mostly, we'll now join our hands. And whatever we shall bind on earth, and then be bound in heaven. They will now look and say, Lord, no thief will sit as governor in this state. Even when they elect him, he will die. We will say, God, no minister in this country will steal. Anyone that does, he won't know how. He gets caught. He goes to jail. Even the president will not be able to free him. Why? Because the people of God said, you've heard me say many times, the only people that can have corruption in Nigeria is the church of God. Listen, they are the only ones. The alternative is to have a dictator that has all the power and who kills to lord it over everybody. That one says, if you cross the road, soldier will flog you. You know what I did the first time he came? Oh, first time he came, that's what he tried to do. Our spirits rejected him. After 18 months, we kicked him out of power. That time under his first watch, if you don't kill, soldiers will flog you. They say, hey, tyrant, tyrant, tyrant. Okay, God said, okay, I remove the tyrant. Removed in 85. And then he gave us one very smiling guy who legalized. Until now, we haven't recovered. And this man came back under democracy and realized that it's not the same thing. And I said, I'm going home. I leave you with the church to do. <laughs> Let's rest our feet. Oh, God. Let's take a minute, just a minute or two, and pray for ourselves. The focus of your prayer for yourself this evening is our righteousness. The Bible says, lay aside every weight. And the sin that does easily be set. Take two minutes and pray about that. Every week. And the sin that does easily be set. That's one, the one I wanted to pray about. As we close this evening. Today I spent time talking about that will of God. Forming our desires. So that God answering our prayers will be normal. Will be easy. Take two minutes and pray for yourself this evening. Cleansing yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. That's the primary thing believers do with prayer. To resist sin. To say, no, I will not go the way of the flesh. That's it. That's the primary thing that believers do with prayer.